So what are you gonna do? 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 Hey, I'm doing what I do. You know, I've always done what I do. I'm doing what I do the way I've always done it and the way I'll always do it. What the hell are you talking about? What do you want me to say? That things haven't worked out the way that I planned? That I'm struggling, barely able to keep my head above water? That LA's a cold place even in the middle of summer? That it's a lonely place even when you're stuck in traffic at the Hollywood freeway? That I'm no better than a screenwriter driving a cab, a starlet turning tricks, a, a producer in a house he can't afford? Is that what you want me to say? I'd like to hear that, yeah. Well, I'm not saying that. You, you know, things are going pretty well for me here. I, I met a girl. She was murdered. Yeah, well, I, I wasn't looking for a long-term relationship. I was on TV. As a suspect in a serial killing. Okay, yeah, you've got to go and put a negative spin on everything. June 10th, 2012. What should we say? I don't know. This is weird. There's all this pressure. It all seems so familiar. So very familiar. And yet, slightly different. <laughs> you have a goatee. I don't understand. <laughs> oh, that is a nerdy joke. Yes. Hello, folks. Welcome to This Week in Pendant. Episode one. Episode one. Actually, that is a fine place to start. This Week in Pendant will, at least for a little while, kind of alternatively be known as Two Weeks in Pendant because it's only going to air every other week for a while. Yeah. Until uh, we get more shows into production that pick up and stuff and then we have more going on, then we'll probably move to weekly. So it's fine with, you know, we, I still, I think it's it still be this twip. week in Pendant. Well, okay. This week in Pendant, but it, and it's perhaps kind of like, there are some weeks in the middle that are not covered. Where it's like, this two weeks in Pendant, see? No, so it's, but see, if you say two weeks in Pendant, it's still twip. Right, so it's still twip either way, but that's the said, point. You said it bad. No. And you said it fine, and then you said it bad, and then you Whatever. said it fine Whatever, shut up! <laughs> There's so much, you know, to talk about. What? Um, that's so weird, you would start with that. <laughs> I hope it doesn't become a trend. <laughs> so, yeah. Um. <clears throat> wow. Okay. Why don't we talk about some things? I think that would be a good way to start our first episode. <laughs> or every episode <laughs> with talking about things. You mean in the future we should do the same thing? What a great idea. Whoa. We're so smart. We're getting this all straightened out right now, folks. <laughs> don't you worry. That's right. We'll <laughs> we swear it'll be all smoothed out by like episode 200. At least, yes. Mm, yes. <laughs> Okay, let's start off by mentioning that um, Chris Britton has decided that uh, he needs to step down from a lot of his pendant work, unfortunately. He's going through some uh, big stuff. He's actually changing careers. It's really? very kind of exciting. Yes, I, I don't want to reveal you know his personal details, but he's got a very I'm exciting... I'm going to send him an email. You should. An electronular mail. I hear I can do that. Electronular. All the way to the UK. Yes. It goes through the water. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, anyway, um, he's got a lot of big stuff going on. and uh, What this means is the line is is ending? Yes. He was talking with M about it. They had decided, trying to figure out what they were going to do with the line, if it should continue or go on. Because they had written several scripts into season three already. And he had planned it to go, I, thought, I don't know, for like five or six seasons initially. Ah. But they discussed it and they thought that the end of season two was a much better place to leave it rather than stop in the middle of a season or anything like that. Right. They thought it would wrap things very nicely at that point. So um, season two, episode 16 will be the last episode of The Line. So I wanted to let y'all know that. That comes out in two months, I think. Oh, a little over a month because The Line comes out in a week or And we wish him so. well. We do, and M, and um, Joel, who is the director on the show, he will still be directing for us, so you will still see him around. And Chris is still going to keep all of his uh, voice acting roles and stuff, mm -hmm. so you'll still be hearing him around. As he said, he'll pop up anytime anyone needs a middle-class British, British accent. You said middle-class British. I did. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. That's excellent. I've never done this before. Cut me some slack. Middle-class. Okay? Okay. So, anyway... What the hell was I saying? You were saying thank you, Chris. Thank you very much, Chris. <laughs> and he was also um, doing some script editing, yes. which I will be covering for him on. And he was doing some promotions work. And so there's been some shifts on the uh, promotional staff at Pendant. Julia Linthicum, who was on the promotion staff, uh, mm -hmm. is moving up to take this 
spot that Chris was previously holding. Really? And yes, and moving into you. Julia's... You don't tell me anything. I, I swear I told you this. I time. have to find out on our very first show? That's right. My goodness. You better get used to it. This is how it's going to be. Ugh. And um, moving into Julia's old spot will be Anna Rodriguez. So that will be your new promotions team. Very exciting. Yay! Welcome, welcome. Thank you, ladies. And once again, thank you very much, Chris, for the years and years you put into all that stuff. And he said, you know, once things settle down and stuff, maybe he would come back and he had some other ideas for other shows yes, that he might course, want to write and stuff. We so we will love him forever. That's what I told him. Yay. So um, in any case, we wish you well, Mr. Britton, and look forward to the line because I edited those scripts and uh, it's a whiz-bang ending. I can certify. Absolutely 100% whiz-bang. So, so you hang in there. You keep listening, people. You are in for it the next two months. Watch out! Real treat. No? Should I say, like, cake or something? It's cake. Good. Delicious. I'm gesturing to the stop button. I if know! You would just hit I'm just it, trying to... We could get on with our lives. Ending. It wasn't very good, I'm No, just it wasn't. Oh, I'm sorry. No, she's not. Yes, I am. Let me guess. There's more. There is. Yeah, I was right. Should we discuss it? I like to be right. All right. The first casting call for Tabula Rasa has gone up on the website. It certainly has. Brand new pendant show written by Jack Kalk, directed by Anna Rodriguez to premiere later this year. With lots of roles. Nineteen roles, folks. Okay, that's a big cast. Well, not all of them are recurring roles. Oh. You see. But many of them are, including the lead and lead supporting characters. So you absolutely want to get in on this. You got to get in on the ground floor, people. Woo! Brand new show. You get in in the first episode. You can be there for the whole thing, and it's awesome. I am totally auditioning. You can get a lead, maybe, or a really big supporting part, or even small parts that are really cool because it's a really awesome show. And the uh, the deadline for that audition is June 20th, so make sure your auditions are in by then. And I will also mention that we have a premiere date. For the first episode of Tabula Rasa, it will be November 21st, 2012. Really? So, yes. So you can enjoy it with your, your mashed potatoes and your pumpkin pie? It's like a week before Thanksgiving, but it's certainly something to be thankful for. <laughs> oh, nice segue. Smooth. <laughs> that wasn't even a segue. It kind of was. No, because then I, you think I, if I was talking into, about being thankful right, of fine. the fine. Nice transition, whatever. There, well, it wasn't even a transition. Oh, my God. It, it, was, <laughs> it was nice. Speaking of nice casting job. halls and shows and things, the Pendant Shakespeare's coming back. Sure is. How about that? It was on hiatus for three years, and now it's back. I don't know if you really call that a, hi a hiatus. It was on hiatus. Is it kind of a reboot? No. We're not. It's no, it's all a... still there. All the old plays and everything right, are still it's there. It's not really a it's reboot. It's not a reboot. Right. We are uh, starting with Macbeth. The show is being directed by Colin Kelly, and the very first, um, the first directing. Guess what? Rolls. The first casting call for that is up on the website right now, and I don't remember how many rolls. So, so <clears> what we're saying me. is the site is lousy with rolls. Lousy with them. They're everywhere. You shake your sticks, you're gonna hit some. <laughs> okay, and the the. Deadline for that casting call as well is June 20th. There are so many roles up there right now. Ain't none of all y'all gonna be complaining. Ain't no roles. Right? You gotta go audition. I know, right? Get those auditions in, you punks. Do it. Really? Punks? They're not punks. I just, okay, you know. You just, I, anyway, okay. and th that show will premiere November 14th, one week before Tabula Rasa. So mm. how about that? All these casting calls and new stuff coming up. It's exciting times. So make sure that you go and audition. <laughs> they really need auditions. We really need auditions. It's a lot of roles and there's Pendant a lot of voices. PendantAudio.com. Casting calls section in the middle of the page. You can't miss it. You can also, uh, if you follow our Tumblr or our Twitter or Facebook, we post them all on there. We post them to our uh, Yahoo um, mailing list. Yes, we will remind you often. They are everywhere. Except the next uh, episode of TWIP will not be coming back until those deadlines have passed and you'll be hearing the results in this show <gasps> to find out who won the roles. Oh, that's exciting! So you had better audition so that your names can be read off on the next episode of this show as the people who got those roles and that won't happen if you don't audition. That That's right. So do it! Please? Punks.
Oh, you're not punks. I just like saying it. <laughs> Makes you feel like a cranky old man, you punks. Really? That's okay. Okay, so uh, the last things we'll mention before we move on here. Um, Is that the last things or the last things before we move on to other things? The last things before we move on to the interview segment that will primarily make up the middle of this show. I see. Okay. Hosted by Jack Kolk, who oh, is nice. incredible. Oh, the incredible Kolk. As you have named him. So, let's see. Um, I wanted to mention that there is now a uh, PayPal donate button up on the website for folks who would like to donate dependent to help us out with it's our shiny operating costs. and new and smooth and yellow. People had asked me um, many, many times over the years. I'd get emails from people saying, hey, how can I help Pendant out? And I'd be like, donate your time. You know, we could use directors and actors sure. and artists and writers. And and that's great. And that's what we want you folks to do if you are so inclined. But some people didn't want to do any of those things or didn't have the time to. But they still wanted to help us out. And so then I would say, oh, well, we have our annual fund drive that we do for one month right and you can donate during then if you would like to and you're not required to but if you would no. like to and that would be very nice and then some people said well but they don't always have the money right then right and when they do have the money and think i would like to help support this awesome group of people who make awesome audio dramas they couldn't do it because we didn't have the button up right and people kept telling me i should put it up there and i never listened but i finally listened so it's there now and so if you would like to help uh, support Pendant and help us cover our operating costs, like for the website and all of our other stuff that we've got to you know, pay for to bring out all these great free audio dramas, uh, you may go to that donate button and uh, donate something if you'd like, $5, $10, whatever. Or if you donate nothing, that is okay with us too. You are still you know, just as valued a member of our audience and we adore you all. And and again, if you would like, you know, if you can donate your time as a, a writer, an artist, a director, an actor, a producer, anything, you know, if, if you want to help out, just contact us and let us know. We are all about getting people involved. Yes. So. We enjoy polite people who like being helpful. <laughs> yes. If you are a polite person who likes to be helpful, please contact us. Right. Okay. We like good manners. <laughs> okay. And yes. hard workers. All right. Yeah. Okay, I wanted to mention that um, we have a wiki that is up at pendant.wikia.com that has mostly been filled out by Landon Beal and Adam Bell. No, it's Landon Bell. No, it's not. It's yeah, it Adam is. Bell. No, he told me. That's how it's pronounced? Yeah. Well, it's spelled with an A. Yes, it is. Okay, so we'll just call them the Bell Boys. Yes. <laughs> the, oh, I can't even say it. Okay, so those two fellas. The Bell Boys? Have been doing. Oh, dear. They have been Bell doing boys. most of the uh, updates there, but it is. Um, it's a wiki, so Wait, it is available for. They're moving luggage. Uh, they're doing the heavy lifting, yes. <laughs> anyway! Oh. The Muppet Returns. You they mean, have this been is the first time you've heard it. What are you talking uh, about? Making most of the categories and adding show pages and character pages and things. But there's a lot of information there uh, that isn't up there yet, obviously. And it's a wiki, so anyone can contribute to it. So if you'd like to go there, um, there's instructions on how you can add information. If you'd like to put episode summaries or write character bios for some of our shows or anything like that. If you are so inclined to help out, they are looking for people to help and get that whole wiki filled up with and all kinds will, of good pendant they will information help you know what to do yes and if you don't know you can contact them and they'll explain it and, and yes. it's they assure me it's not that difficult so the last thing i'm going to mention now also is that um i have a bunch of new pitches coming in for all kinds of new shows really cool new shows that are going to be coming up very soon but we're working out the details with the outlines and the scripting and stuff. So you'll probably be seeing even more casting calls and stuff like that coming up soon. But I will tell you right now that one pitch, one new pitch has already been approved by, uh, and it is a pitch from Anna Rodriguez. You've heard her name many times this episode. Yes. You're going to hear it again. She's the interview guest. Um, oh. And uh, it's going to be a very unique show that there's nothing else like on Pendant, I can safely say. Uh, just by its very nature. So we will have more information on that coming up soon. But right now she's working on the outline and it's, it's, but yeah, it's, it's basically said it's going, 
It's going to happen. No, she's not even yeah. doing the outline. She's like scripting it. So yeah. Anyway, there will be information on that coming soon. Very, very cool. Good stuff coming up in the future. Exciting new cool things you've never heard of before. It's awesome. Whoa. Maybe. Get excited. Okay. I'm excited. Punks. Huh. You're, now it's just, you know. It's... What? All right. All right, what? I'm stopping it now. Whatever. Okay. I'm totally awesome. <gasps> awesome? Totally awesome. <laughs> you made me laugh in the middle. I can't do the voice when Mr. I'm laughing. Mr. Awesome is Oh, yes. Back. Oh, yes. For all these pitches. Oh, totally awesome. And and what about the casting calls, Mr. Awesome? Oh, they're even more awesome than awesome. Whoa. You're really happy, Mr. Downey, California, home of Anna Rodriguez, whom you know as Casey Sloan slash Freedom Has a Voice in Genesis Avalon, Callie Goodspeed, and Anita in The Line. From her efforts in Seminar, including as Carmen in Getting What You Want, Tammy in Scrapping with Amber and Tammy, Laura in You Gave Me Nothing, she also wrote Memories in the Dark and In the Sun, plays Student 45 in the Wraparounds on Seminar. You also know her from her directorial activities as the former assistant director of Once Upon a Time in Vegas, current assistant director of The Kingery, and soon-to-be full director of Tabula Rasa. Welcome to Twip, Anna. Thank you, Jack. Hello, everyone. Uh, let's talk about Casey Sloan first, because Casey Sloan is, for those of you new to TWIP, we will go down the list of Anna's roles and other stuff she does and talk about them conversationally. And yes, that is how we do it on TWIP. So um, let's talk about Casey Sloan first, because that is the first one on my list. And it's and entirely arbitrary, but you have been doing it for a while. Yeah, and I guess she would be the newest of the characters I have right now, even though I've been playing her for a while now. Um, so you mean the oldest? No. Well, she's the newest of the... Well, I've been playing her for a while, but she's the newest of the characters I am voicing, if that makes sense. Oh, okay. Makes sense. Yes. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, for a long time, you were just the voice on the blog, Freedom as a Voice. Yes, and I wish I had the... Uh, URL for that, but um, between seasons uh, for Genesis Avalon, Kat was sort of doing this uh, kind of guerrilla marketing for the show and sort of uh, the voice blog um, and was to pretty much assist and kind of hint at things to come for Genesis Avalon. And so for the longest, for several months, I was known only as the voice of freedom and I would leave cryptic uh, posts and everything on this specific blog, which I, for the life of me, cannot remember. Oh, there we go. It was uh, freedomhasavoice.blogspot.com um, and that pretty much hinted at what the what is the current season of Genesis Avalon. Yes, season three, for those of you who yes. are not listening to this in the now. Um, but yes, um, and you were part of some of the first pendant, like, tie-in material that wasn't related to or wasn't technically part of the show. Right. In fact, I hadn't actually even appeared on the show itself until the most recent Avalon episode. Uh, everything that Casey was involved with was through the blog and her Twitter account. Um, so that was kind of neat to be a part of because none of the other original shows have done anything like that. Where a ca mm -hmm. character has a blog, character has a Twitter account. Um, so it was it was a nice little supplemental uh, for the uh, for the show. Yeah, that that was an interesting ad campaign. I know it's part of it was the, definitely the first of its kind. I would like to see more of it. Um, we also got to see the first one of the first live taped appearances of um, a pendant character, right? Which with, had Mark Allen Jr. as his character Evan Spencer. Exactly. So, and that was still uh, tied in all with uh, the the events are going with the last uh, released episode. So, and you'll be seeing more of Evan and Casey in the. Um, Come shows uh, episodes to come. So stay tuned. Um, let's talk about Callie Goodspeed, uh, who is on the line. We were introduced to Callie in her. Um, 
I sound really intelligent right now. In the Scientology arc, the episode yes. name of which is the arc name escapes me, name and Jack. We are totally prepared for this, folks. Yes, absolutely. Yes. We decided to do this five <laughs> minutes ago, for those of you who are curious. Um, I believe it's Solus. The Solus arc. Yeah, that seems right. I think so. I believe so. Yes. Stefan Ruth going on an undercover mission. I think it's... Right. And yeah. that appeared about a, a year ago, and now I think it appeared in June of last year. So mm -hmm. it's been a year since she first appeared. Indeed uh, it has. Yeah, definitely. And uh, the interesting about Callie was uh, she was definitely the most difficult role I've had to play. Uh, just because the subject matter involved with that episode and that entire arc is just something very touchy. Um you know, for, I mean, I guess this is spoilery, but she is a rape victim. And so that's when, when you're talking about rape, that's not something you can take lightly. Uh, and so when we first find Callie, she's, you know, in this middle of this very difficult situation, not really knowing what to do. And she encounters Stephanie and uh, sort of gains confidence and fights her way out of her situation. But uh, when she first reveals what's happening to her, just reading those lines, it was a bit... It was difficult because you kind of want to honor and respect the character and give it the, a performance that's uh, very deserving of the character. But having luckily not been a rape victim, it was hard to get into that mindset. So it was definitely really a challenge uh, recording her lines. Mm -hmm. um, how, how familiar did when you first got the role, did you just kind of take it one step at a time? Were you familiar with what had happened to her the first time you recorded for her? Or was that something that you just kind of uh, well, picked it, up in the next episode? Well, that role was a, a ninja role from Chris. Um, and we, before I accepted it, we discussed the character and what she had been through. So he, he, uh, he walked me through what she was feeling and everything. Um, and I kept his emails as a point of reference and I knew what was going to happen to her and what had happened to her. So just keeping those emails and reading them, it sort of helped, um, uh, recording her lines. And then after I did record her lines, I just, it, it was emotionally draining, um, so, yeah, it was it was really hard to do, but I, a lot of people, it made people uncomfortable, which, I mean, it's going to make me sound like a jerk saying that I'm glad it did, because it means, no. it, it, it meant the performance went through, which I'm happy it did, so. Well, I think, this might sound really deep, uh, TWIP episode one, deep discussions about the nature of art, but I think, um. You're almost not doing your job right. That didn't make people feel uncomfortable, you know? Mm -hmm. I, I think the tendency with a lot of shows in which you'll find rape victims, like a, a standard show where you would find a rape victim, it's less gut-punching than what you find in uh, the line. Right. Which it, I kind of think applies to everything in the line that you'd find in another <laughs> show. But Right. And again, you know, it was, it was gut-wrenching, but I felt it was... Uh... The subject matter was tastefully done, uh, you know, um, mm -hmm. the way M and Chris wrote it out. It, you know, it wasn't over the top and it was very, it was realistic. Um, but I think it, it, it respected Callie's character, which I, which is one of the reasons why I uh, accepted the role. Right. Yeah. Um, and you also, um, skipping down to the, uh, couple months later you were in the Fatum story arc where um Joe was flung five years into the past and he met a girl named Nita yes what do you think about that did I, was, I say the future I, I, I did you you got I, flung was, into the future well it was like an alternate future or possible future um the funny thing about that role is that one was up up for audition it wasn't ninja or anything but I, I still find it hilarious that I ended up playing a Mexican name Anita, when I'm a Mexican named Dana, um, Chris didn't just give me the role. You know, there were other people auditioned, but I just find that fact funny. I don't know. <laughs> but is, yes, it is amusing. Um, Anita, she was interesting and fun to play. Um, uh, I, unlike Callie, she wasn't, you know, tremendously difficult. It was kind of easy to get into her mindset. It was very... 
in a, the setting was very kind of post-apocalyptic. So it was just, uh, she was a strong character who was just out to survive. And so she was fun to play. Mm-hmm. Moving on down our list here, we've got uh, Seminar. Let's let's go to Seminar. Oh, <laughs> baby. Um, Tam, let's start with your very first role, which was Tammy and Scrapping mm-hmm. with Amber and Tammy. Welcome to Scrapping with Amber and Tammy. <laughs> um, yeah, Tammy, she was a lot of fun. Uh, obviously, I was very excited to get the role, as it was my first ever pendant role. Um, though I sometimes cringe when I hear Tammy, because it was with my first microphone, which didn't have the greatest of qualities um but it was it was a nice fun episode and what's nice especially with that episode it's a memorable one Uh, a lot of people it's on the list of a lot of people's favorite episodes which was really neat to be a part of um yeah yeah that that one was um it, it was definitely it stood out from a lot of the stuff you see because it was just kind of like two people making a podcast together, you know, almost, or, or in a very NPR kind of fashion. Right, and it was very off-kilter because, you know, they were talking arts and crafts with um, insane criminals. So you can kind of see, by hearing the episode, the, the tie-ins with just the insanity that comes with uh, these criminal types. But here they are. Here's Amber and Tammy trying to cure them through arts and crafts. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, m- moving on down to, um, let's do, let's do all your roles first and we'll talk about the shorts you wrote. Okay. You play, uh, student 45 in the rappers, which is a bit of a smaller role, but, um, that's holding on to that tradition of having the directors be students. Yeah, that was neat. Um, she hasn't seen a whole lot of lines, but, uh, when I got asked to play the student, I was very excited because, you know, it's. It totally meant that I had made it into the mines, that <laughs> I had a seminar stu- uh, student role. So that was that was neat. I hope to see more. Hopefully, maybe one day. Who knows? Bernadette. Um, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Nose twitch. I don't know. Um, <laughs> moving on to one of the most interesting short seminar has ever seen. Um, getting what you want. Yay! <laughs> mm-hmm. Second hardest role. For me, I know it's a hard role for David too. But mm. <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> that was a really bad innuendo that I should not have used. And it's it's okay. Um, but uh, I I really am not an evil, mean, manipulative person. At least I hope not. Um, so Carmen is just was really something. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think that's all we need to say about Carmen. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. You and I still have to plot our revenge against the writer, though. We. For, yes, we do. We are coming after Colin. Colin Kelly, watch your back. Yes. Um, <laughs> moving on down to You Gave Me Nothing, which was a fairly recent one, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, you played Laura. Yes. Who was the non-genie. Right. And the genie was played by uh, Lynn Cullen. Um, and it was such a blast just hearing it because Lynn's a great actress and, you know, she's kind of, uh, getting a reputation in seminar, um, because she's, she just has such a wide range. So I was really happy to be in a short with her. And it's, uh, it's one of those shorts where you think you know what's coming, but at the end you get completely thrown off. But the ending is so badass that you, you root for, uh, Laura there. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's go to the stuff you've written, um, Memories in the Dark, which has its origins in um, fanfic. Yes, it does. Um, I had been acting for a while for Pendant and uh, had taken the director's class, and I knew I wanted to dip a little bit into writing since I used to do a lot of it when I was younger. Um, And there was a fanfiction of the same name called Memories in the Dark, and I knew when I wanted to write for Pendant, I wanted to just adapt that story because that was the story I was most proud of and uh, uh, change the events. Uh, it's pretty much the exact same story. So that was an ad- ad- adaptation of a previous work. So and, um, so yeah, that's Memories in Dark. So that was my first venture into writing. And it was uh, it was neat to hear my words come out of people's words. I mean, people's mouths. I eat English good. 
Speaking of I English good, actually, there's no way to transition that into anything. <laughs> I, I, I was like, that's perfect. No, it's not. I looked at what I had next to my <laughs> list. It's in the sun. <sighs> Never mind. It's okay. You get an um, A for effort, though. Yay. Oh, good. Effort. Now, if only that was how grades worked. Um, <laughs> in the sun. Um, let's talk about in the sun because that was unique. It was the first pendant script to feature uh, one actor before we'd had one actor mostly dominate uh, a script, but never had just one actor in one. Really? I, hmm. Yeah, Thanks. it was, um, there was that one short spaced out, which had um, James Rossi right. in the main role, and then Paul Lavelle had a small cameo. Right. Oh, well, I see. If you hadn't pointed that out, I wouldn't have realized that. And let me just say, Chris Hackney pulled that off so beautifully. I was so happy with the casting in that short. Um, so in The Sun, that short, um, that comes from sort not true personal experience, but I used to get a lot of really bad nightmares. Uh, I pretty much dreamt at one point or another every single person I know I love die at one point. Um, so it was just a culmination of these feelings I used to get whenever I did have these nightmares. And often I would be at this person's grave talking to them and um, how they affected my life and how they changed me. So essentially the character of Alex in, in the sun is me. Everything that Alex says, I've said myself in my own dreams. Uh, and it's, you know, it was just sort of a, an emotional relief to do. Uh, it was just a way to write off all the bad things I had imagined. And uh, it was cathartic. And I, I haven't had those nightmares in a long time, thankfully. Uh, but, you know, people write from their experiences or their thoughts and everything. So it was just a way for me to just get rid of all the negative energy I used to get from these nightmares. Mm-hmm. Um, and Alex was meant to be gender neutral, right? That was never... Right, um, because there was nothing really tying Alex to one gender or another. Uh, obviously, when I wrote it, I was imagining myself. But, uh, really, there was nothing really tying it. And also, I left it open to the audience who exactly Alex was talking to. Again, when I wrote it, I imagined Alex was talking to a dead best friend. Uh, some people thought that they were talking to a loved one, um, you know, maybe a boyfriend, girlfriend, or a husband or wife, which was totally fine by me. I wanted the audience to really associate themselves with Alex, and which is another reason why I left open who exactly was the one they, uh, Alex was talking to. Mm -hmm. So I was happy with how that turned out as well, and I thought Kel uh, Colin did a really good job with the mixing. Um, especially with the music selection. I thought that felt uh, that um, fit the piece really well. It's interesting that it was meant to be a best friend because I, I totally got a, that was your girlfriend vibe from it. But anyway, um, but that's that was, why we have these interviews. Yeah, these and that's, that's the beauty of the short, though. Um, uh, you're not the first to say that, uh, who thought that it was a dead girlfriend. For me, it was I always envisioned it was a best friend. But, mm -hmm. you know, it's up for audience interpretation, which... I'm glad I was able to pull that off because I didn't think I would be able to. Mm -hmm. uh, well, let's go on. Now that your writing um, has been covered, let's move on to your directing, starting with your assistant director position on Once Upon a Time in Vegas. Yay, Vegas. Um, Vegas, that was so much fun to work with, and it's really a shame that it's uh, gone on hiatus. But, um, you know, Renee is working on bringing... Vegas back um, so how soon we don't know but I will if Renee needs a hand in directing I will be over there in a heartbeat even if that means I'm directing multiple shows um, but Vegas is was such a popular show and it still is a popular show so it was really an honor to be able to work on um, episode 33 because who doesn't love uh, Tessa Terry and Chloe yeah, and we do get a lot of emails, like, every month or so, we get another email, well, what happened to Vegas? Or there's a comment on the Facebook page, well, what happened to Vegas? <coughs> um, everyone's looking forward to that, thankfully. 
Yeah, um, so hopefully we will see its return soon. Um, I am good friends with Renee, and she has plans. It's just difficult to say. Um, I don't even know if I should be saying these things. Um, I'm trying to be vague. Well, but... well, before the great reboot, we uh, we did interview her, and she said she had some stuff in the can, or you know, in the can, written and more on its way. Yeah, and I have seen one of those scripts, and it Vegas is as amazing as it was before. You know, the highest did not hinder the writing. So uh, when it does come back, if it does come back, hopefully it comes back, uh, I think Vegas fans will not be disappointed. Huzzah! Yay! Um, and you are also helping with the transition on the Kingery as the um, directorial position moves from, I believe, Chris Dodder to Jared Page. Uh, yeah, um, just uh, while we wait for Tabula uh, Rasa, which we'll be discussing shortly, um, I'm just pitching in the hand helping uh, with the transition and uh, helping Kingery get caught up. And that's neat because Kingery is another one of Pendant's big shows. So uh, it's another, I see it as another experience. And um, it's got such a unique sound that um, I've gone back and re-listened to all of the Kingery to make sure I uh, duplicate that sound. And so the audience is in turn heads and wonder what happened to the sound quality. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think that's something a lot of people have tried to do. You'll notice that's fairly consistent across the uh, the show. I know James and Perry tried to keep Seth's sound consistent, and Chris too. Right, and and Chris has been extremely helpful. He's gotten me a spreadsheet and some documents of specific filters and uh, scene setups. So hopefully, uh, with the episodes that I have helped with Kingery, it's you won't be able to tell it's a different person directing. Yes, apparently directors keep notebooks for notes on their filters. That blew my mind. I had no idea they did that. <laughs> well, I don't know about other ones, but I was telling you before the interview that, yeah, I have uh, notes of things that I've directed on, and I can go back. You ask me an episode. I don't have my notebooks now, but you tell me an episode, I will look it up, and I will tell you which sound effects I use and which music pieces and all that jazz. Man. It's just so much more note-taking than I'm used to doing. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um... Well, you, you mentioned it, and it's now time to open this uh, floodgate, and I think we're going to switch seats a little bit. Um, yes. So, uh, Tabula Rasa. Tabula Rasa. Pendant's newest original show. Yes, a blank slate in more ways than one. Ah, oh, that was clever, Jack. That was nice. done, Thank you. Done, I've, I've, sir. I've had that in my head for a couple <laughs> days. Um, right, so I guess we can flip-flop the interview portion now, since, ladies and gentlemen, you do have the director and writer of Tabula Rasa here, now. You are listening. Something. Anyway. You are listening to Tabula Rasa backstage. Anyway, um, So, Jack, Tabula Rasa, um, what can you tell the audience about it? What can I tell the audience about Tabula Rasa? That is a great question. Um, <clears throat> Tabula Rasa is an action-adventure drama set in Chicago as an organized crimes investigation team and their amnesic consultant confront their pasts, their futures, and a vast conspiracy. Um, yes, I just read the blurb from the casting call. Um, That's a good start. It's a very good start. <laughs> yes. Um, it was... Oh, man. I must have been in seventh grade. So that would be. Let me do. Let me do the math here. Not that long ago, maybe what, a few months? Jack? Five years ago. <laughs> yeah, probably two thousand six or two thousand seven. Um. Right. Yeah, I think so. I just graduated. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yes, folks, you here have the youngest original show writer. I know. I I know we've had younger writers on seminar, but Jack here has his own show. So you get props for that. Good job, Jack. Thank you, sir. Or man. Sir? Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, okay, often time. About, Thank about, you. about that directing position. <laughs> okay. Um, sir, this is an entirely gender-neutral term. Um, Tabula Rasa. Yeah, it was originally a novel from when I was, like, in seventh grade. Um, it was it was very different. It went through, like, three titles. Uh, one of them, I believe, was called Key. 
which which has literally no relevance to the plot anymore. But um, protagonist was very different. Um, he was a man, and he was he could see. Um, oh, I just realized there's nothing in the casting call. Our main character is blind too. My <laughs> uh, bad. Well, see, for those that are listening to Tobe, maybe that might help them with the character. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so, in addition to being an amnesic, Jane is in fact blind. Right. Um. Yeah. Uh, I'm weird about talking about my show. Um, well, you'll be. Is... Oh, sorry. sorry. Go on. No, 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 no. Go. I, I wasn't going to say anything. Go I was on. just going to say, well, better get used to it. We'll be doing a lot of talking about the show in the months to come. Um, yes. Well, when I'm prompted by the episode itself, I'm sure I can do a lot of talking about it. But as is, um, yeah, it, it is. Um, <clears throat> I, I was I'd pitched several things to Jeffrey, <laughs> um, all of which had been shot down for various reasons that were entirely very good reasons. Um, uh, one was like a post-apocalyptic thing. Another one was, I don't even know, a superhero show, I think. This was before, the first one was before Avalon had premiered. That's how long ago. Um, but, uh, yeah, I put, I pitched this to Jeffrey Easter 2010. I remember because I made fun of him for not liking Cadbury cream eggs. And, um, that's the weirdest thing to remember in the world. I'm totally aware um, but yeah, I pitched it Easter 2010. It's gone through a lot of revisions since then. Um, near constant revision. Um, went through about a year, I think. Yeah, a year of working with uh, Teresa Keller on the, uh, not just Teresa Keller, Teresa Keller, Colin Kelly, Brian Martinez Oldham. Um, got all their help in editing my pitch and my pilot and putting all those together. And then Jeffrey's like, well, we should wait until you're 18. We, we can legally put it... I, I'm not really sure why we had to wait until I turned 18, but I'm sure there was a, he had a very good reason for it. And, um... Yeah. I, so, so, now that I've been 18 for... As of the airing of this interview, I've been 18 for... Uh, a month and eight days. Um, <laughs> we have the casting call out now, and we are full speed ahead. Yeah. Um, Oh, and speaking of that casting call, you can find that casting call at pendantaudio.com, cctr, dot html. Not slash. The... Don't forget the slash. Oh yeah, did I not say slash? No, there was no slash. So oh. pendantaudio.com slash cctr dot hm. <laughs> we're, we're having a really good job of saying links tonight. Um, let me try this one more time. PendantAudio.com slash cctr dot html. There we go. Perfect. There we go. Um, Yay. Yes. So that is coming soon. Um, we, we do have in the first episode 19 roles, which is a lot. But um, there, um, the show does focus on pretty much five or six main characters. Um Initially, the, the concept was six, but I think it's, it's gone down to five. One of the characters was downgraded to just a recurring role instead of a major recurring role. But still, um, we have, not to discourage anyone, but that's still 19 roles for just the first episode. Yes, there, there will be more. One of the biggest roles will not be cast with this episode. Um, it'll come out a little later. But, um, yeah, there's, there's um, well, I, I guess I can talk about the characters if we want to. We've got, you know, the, the blurbs are on the website. And if you want to ask about them, my inbox is always open. Uh, C underscore Jack 13 at yahoo.com or uh, Tabula Rasa auditions at gmail.com. Um, if you have any questions about the audition. Yes. We are happy to answer them. Please ask. And please audition. Um, there, there are some, you know, people who have approached us uh, privately and... They, they do the dance of they're not sure of auditioning, but please, we really want to encourage everyone to audition for the show. Um, you never know when it's your voice we're looking for. Um, and we may have one voice in mind, but I, I, from past experience, um, you, I can have a voice completely new that completely blows me away. 
Um, so it's don't please don't hesitate to audition uh, for multiple roles. In fact, you never yes. know what you'll get. Yeah, we do. We we seem to be getting a couple auditions that are just uh, for one person. We do encourage you to audition for everybody, even if you end up using the same voice for most characters. Um, right. Well, uh, your your voice may not work with one character, but it may work for another. And there's always a possibility of oh, I don't know, ninja roles. Yes, there are indeed ninja roles, because we only cast about we've only got about one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Only twelve roles are named on the uh, in the casting call. There are seven more just from the first episode to come out of there. Mm-hmm. So the more roles you audition for, the more versatility we'll see that your voice has, and we will be more likely to ninja cast you. Yes, awesome. Um, yes. So you're writing the show. I'm directing. I'm excited. To be directing you are directing the show and yes. we have um chosen an excellent theme and excellent um credits uh, music. credit songs yes which uh we have permission from the artist to use yes um so this this whole process i it's been a while since we've had a new original show no, um, not sin- well, since we've had a new show period the yeah. line the line was the last one i believe i, I believe Yes, of the original shows. The line was uh, the first episode when it premiered in um, April 2010. It was about more than two years ago. Mm-hmm. Probably more like three by the time we, or two and a half by the time we put out our first episode. But um, the line has left huge shoes to fill, and we hope to fill them. Right. And now the show is going to be uh, be rated PG-13. Um Yes. Um, Which is also a little bit new for our um, original shows because a lot of our shows are more adult themed. So, um, yeah, that's primarily because um, right after Dixie ended was I believe right after Dixie ended was when I sent in my uh, pitch. Yeah, because I can check that too. Um, oh well, no, maybe not. But it was a couple months before Dixie ended, and um, I was like. Oh. We don't have any PG-13 shows left, except Genesis Avalon, which was terrible for me because I was 16 at the time and couldn't audition for any shows. Um, So I I was like, well, I should make one. Let's do that. And um, I I like to think of Pendant as a channel and other production companies as like channels, like, you know, you change the channel to Darker Projects or to Broken Sea, and they've got, well, this on, they've got that on. And um, I was looking down the list, well, we've got... A, you know, an HBO, or we've got a lot of HBO style shows. We've got um, anthology style show, superhero show, um, old timey homage kind of show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, well, we don't really have a police procedural, and we, we do have Red Sands, but that's not really police procedural so much as a uh, mini series that involves right. a detective agency. Right, it's very a uh, noir. Yes. Yeah. Um, I was looking for something in the vein of Castle or The Mentalist or Medium. Um, and that's not really, that was the original idea I sent to Jeffrey. And he indicated that he was not a fan of the episodic slash procedural format. So that is not the method we end up going. And it's a little more, I don't, I don't want to say lost-ish. I'll say heroes-ish in the sense that it's focused on progressing the arcs of the characters and not so much the let's catch the bad guy and put him in jail kind of thing. Right, right. And um, having seen the first few scripts, um, I think you pulled that off. So it's uh, it's it's quite exciting to... I was very excited when Jeffrey asked me if I wanted to direct it. Uh, because it's not every day you get, to, you get offered a brand new show. Um... And even though I got to assistant direct on Kingery in Vegas, those shows had already had established sounds to them. Uh, mm-hmm. Without even really listening for more than 10 seconds, you know what a Kingery episode sounds like. You know what a line episode sounds like. So with Tabula Rasa, I get the very scary but also very exciting job of creating that sound environment. So... Um, that is, it is indeed very exciting. Although, 
I did kind of force a sort of tone on top of you with the theme. But <laughs> no, but but it it gives me an it also gives me an idea you with you being the writer, it's essentially your baby. So, uh it gives me an idea of what you want the show to sound like and um perhaps we could even uh premiere the theme song when we um announce the the roles. So that's something um, we do. Hopefully, I'm still working on getting written permission to use them so ah. um although by the time this airs i'm sure we'll have that so yeah by the time we get casting results we should too right but, but uh point is with the with your suggestive um well with your suggestions of the theme and the end credit songs i now have an idea um, of what kind of sound you're going for and it's it's something unique to pendant um it's it'll be something different to offer to our listeners and um uh, exciting times it's it's the first of a couple of new um original shows yeah we have a lot of new stuff in the works um mm -hmm. given um sudden availability for a lot of our uh writers and directors we, we there is um right what did i just say we 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 <laughs> uh we we have a you did it again <laughs> we have <clears throat> we have a good deal of great new stuff um coming up it's not just tabula rasa though we do indeed have a great big blank slate ahead of us and i made that joke again and i'm going to keep making it probably in like the or in the writer's note on the page for the show too but um that's only because i'm kind of a fan of the way it, it fits with our current situation um but it is um an excellent um well, i hate to say excellent but it's it's a neat opportunity to um kind of test the waters for where Pendant is headed in the next couple of years. Right. Totally. I agree. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah. Unless you have anything else you would like to say about the show. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to it. I really enjoyed uh, your writing on it, and I'm very excited to be collaborating with you. And, um, and I guess it also helps out, you know, we, you and I have been friends for a while, so we already have this uh, <clears throat> established uh, working relationship. So I think that's really whenever a writer and a director has that working relationship, it really ends up working well for the show. Mm -hmm. uh, so that being said, I am very much looking forward to it, and I can't emphasize enough to everybody listening to please, please audition uh, for multiple roles. Um, and also don't be afraid of, um, accents or what you sound like. Cause several of our roles, you know, we are asking for any ethnicity, any accent. Uh, we're really focusing on, uh, the character itself, not how they sound. And mm -hmm. the character will pull through the voice, um, if it's right. So, yes. um, yeah. One, one thing I think we do have in this show is very strong very defined characters i think yeah um, totally. and i think i think that's part of me taking two years to play with them and see what they do you know um but uh absolutely experiment especially with jane uh because i you know obviously in the audition we do encourage you to experiment but with jane her backstory allows for a lot of flexibility in terms of who she is what she looks like, what she sounds like, what she acts like. So, um, yeah, please, please do, um, experiment with those Liza <laughs> as well. And Ganny Mead and, you know, the, the others as well. So, right. And, and, and on a, on a side note, um, you almost, we all, your characters are very strong. I've seen the scripts, but you almost start to feel bad for the guys. Um, when you think of the, all the protagonists for our original shows because we pretty much have got Tommy Arkell and here we have Jane who's another uh, central character and she's she's female so uh, yeah you're right yeah <laughs> another original with a female lead yeah I mean we have... on the one hand woo pendant um, but guys we do love you please audition your characters yes. are essential to the plot I I have not seen any of the new stuff. Um, be coming up uh, just on the horizon behind Tabula Rasa, but um, 
I think it's safe to assume that at least one of them is a male protagonist. I, guys, I promise there will be more. Right. The one that I know of, it, it is a male protagonist. That's, oh, good. Yeah, there's one that I know for sure. I, I, I'm only familiar with one project, and it's kind of less of a new project and more of a revival. But um, I'll leave that to Jeffrey to announce. Um, but yes, also you may have noticed a ton of like literary references in the name in these names. I know it's because I'm a pretentious jerk. <laughs> um, uh, like Finch, that's actually not Atticus Finch. That is um, Anne Finch. Um, Velasquez, Ganymede, Montague. Yeah, I, I'm pretentious. I'm sorry. <laughs> so um, yes, please audition. Oh, and especially. Even though this will make this terribly hard on us, if you have children, there are children roles. There aren't many of those in Pendant. No, we, we do have two children roles, two boys. Um, and I can promise you that later in the series, we will have a girl as well. Um, so please do have them audition. Yes, uh, even we though... Do love, we do the, love kids. And I will not cast my brother because he... <laughs> No, I will not cast my brother, I promise. The ones we have heard are incredibly adorable and cute, and the fact that we're asking for more will make our lo- our jobs hard. But this is a neat opportunity also for up-and-coming voice actors, you know? Yes, indeed. Um, so. Um, yes. I have nothing else to add other than please audition. Please do, and I look forward to seeing what you all think of it and i look forward to seeing what everyone else will be producing uh as we come for as we go forward so um thank you very much for joining me anna uh thank you for having me and you guys can catch anna i guess in the next episode of genesis avalon episode 32 mother knows best it's over it's over it's over just the interview it's over coming out monday june 18th season 2 episode 15 of the line there's a church on the corner of the street in my town Where the blind lead the blind to salvation Next time, across the line It's tomorrow then Gil, do you regret your defection to me? Legion remains as powerful as it is Because the whole town, except for us here, believe in it The only way we have a chance of winning is to lessen Legion's power That means defiling the land you know, I could just fly us over there. We already told you, dude. You could be seen. Finally get to be a superhero, and I can't use my powers. This sucks. Arc 2, Episode 15, Angelus Part 4. Coming Monday, June 18th, 2012. Win or lose, when this is over and done, so are we. There's a church on the corner of the street in my town Where the blind lead the blind to salvation La la la, the show is almost done Okay, there were just a couple of other little small things I did forget to mention. There's a lot of stuff on my post-it. This is the end of the show, but I'm just going to toss them out there real quick. And we'll talk about them a little more next week. Sure. Um, As of the recording of this, Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion, The Kingery, and Seminar are now on the website and in their podcast feeds available at their full master quality. Isn't that exciting? It's very exciting. And the other... Uh, shows will be following. I just haven't had a chance to get them all up yet, but they are coming in. So by the time the next uh, episode of Twip is up, you should have heard them already or they'll already be there. So just check that out. That's very cool. And also I want to mention again, um, please stop by iTunes and review our shows, would you? Because the more people that do, the more people will see them and find them in iTunes. And that's a really cool thing. So if you could just stop by and drop, drop by just a quick little you know, one or two sentences is fine. Just let people know what you think of our shows, and that would be awesome. That would be super. All right. Yeah. We'll see you back here in two weeks. This is... No, I'm doing it all wrong. It's almost like I don't know what I'm doing. Oh. I've never done one before, so... 
Be sure to stop by the website at PendantAudio.com, the Yahoo group at groups.yahoo.com slash group slash Pendant, the Live Journal community at community.livejournal.com slash Pendant Audio, the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Pendant Audio, the Twitter feed at twitter.com slash Pendant Web, and the Tumblr at PendantAudio.tumblr.com. There you go. Now we'll see you back here in two weeks. Oh, okay. Okay. This is Susan Bridges. And this is Jeffrey Bridges. Thanks for listening. I don't know what to say now. My brain is mush. I do. It's kind of been acting a few weeks. Kind of, yes. Banana! Puddin'. What? <laughs> <laughs> You're really happy, Mr. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs>